You are listening to the Nordic Innovation Forecast. I am your host, Nils Johanna Halvorsen. In this episode, we will be talking about trains, planes and automobiles, meaning transportation and logistics. And here is this episode's guest. Hi, my name is Parola Farnes. I'm a logistics strategist at Enride, working with autonomous electric um, transportation. But I'm also an advisor, speaker, board member at the firm Steerlink Partners. And um, I used to be a researcher at Chalmers University uh, in Gothenburg in Sweden, working on the digital development in the freight transport sector. And I've also been podcasting about logistics since uh, 2014 in the podcast Logistikpodden in Swedish, but also the English one called Logistics Rocks. So, uh, Per Olof, uh, it's established that this is a field uh, where you uh, you have a, you have a good oversight of uh, what is moving around in the Nordics today. And could you, if I don't know if this is a weird question, but could you give us a little picture of where we are in the Nordics today when it comes to transportation, mobility and logistics? I think we're quite well off, actually. We have a decent infrastructure when it comes to roads, things like that. Of course, we have closed borders right now due to the pandemic, but the goods are flowing, more or less. So um, um, as as we look at... The overall mobility, of, I mean, we can always upgrade the rail system, we can always upgrade the roads and so on, but we have basic mobility in place compared to several other place, uh, places on our planet. So uh, basically we have uh, what it takes, what I think we want, might need now, and this is especially um, evident now when it's cold outside, is that at least in Sweden, the electric grid really needs an upgrade because we are now reaching rapidly a tipping point uh, where the vehicle fleets, I mean, the, the passenger cars are already past that tipping point where most new, new cars that is, uh, are sold today are electric instead of gasoline. And diesel is also going down. And we are now seeing it taking off on the heavy transport side as well. What we don't see take off is the charging infrastructure in Sweden. So we are now seeing... Uh, warnings about shortages of uh, electricity. I think that's a bottleneck that society really needs to embrace soon. Yeah, and and it's the same uh, in Norway where I am. Uh, We see that more and more are buying electric cars and there are, at least outside the big cities, it's uh, miles between places to charge and also the grid has uh, trouble coping and uh, I saw the government are are urging people please don't uh, charge your cars at this and this uh, hour uh, is this do you think the one of the biggest challenges uh, in the coming years it's one of them i mean we have we have three major trends going on right now in the logistics transportation field one of them is electrification of the uh, of the freight transport and the passenger transport systems that would require a lot of energy but another one is also automation we are automating, and not only vehicles. I mean, I work at the company where we automate trucks. So, so um, I mean, that's very close and top of mind for me. But we are also automating industrial processes more and more. 
We are automating warehouses, for instance, and the e-commerce that has now seen an incredible boost during uh, COVID-19. In Sweden, e-commerce grew by almost 40% year on year. And that's mainly due to COVID, of course. And we are, all, we are now seeing a lot of warehouses being automated. And when you automate a warehouse for e-commerce, what you basically do is you put in some kind of machinery. Either you put in a large sort of grid uh, machine where you can have boxes in a 3D matrix that are picked up by robots um, and delivered to, to packers. But you could also have um, a, a more classic warehouse, but instead of forklifts, you have small autonomous trolleys that pull the um, uh, shelves around and brings the, the materials to the packers. And all of those systems are based on electricity so so um the electrification also spills over into the the very very hot automation trend and then the third trend that we we have is also the trend of digitalization and that of course also requires energy but other types of energy and it's not so intense as uh, when we are charging vehicles but i mean the server halls and all of those um, infrastructural components they also require large amounts of, of energy. So uh, the, those we have those three trends. We electrify, we automate, and we digitalize. And all the other trends could sort of fit into one or more of those three. Mm. And and uh, when you talk about uh, the automation of, of uh, transportation, autonomous cars and autonomous lorries and so on, uh, how realistic is this or or how how not sci-fi is it i mean the 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 autonomous electric vehicles that we have at enride they can drive uh, by themselves already uh, they are not allowed on public roads other than if you have um, a research permit from the governments or or uh, you need permission to drive on public roads they are able to drive but um, society is lagging when it comes to um, trust in autonomous systems, especially since the, the traffic system, the vast majority of the vehicles are vehicles with people in them. And the coexisting of the autonomous vehicle and the vehicle with the driver, that's not always rational, by the way. So the autonomous vehicle is, uh, can perform very well, can drive by itself, can can navigate through different obstacles and so on. But the human being might act irrationally. And that's one thing I think that that's a challenge uh, that society needs to overcome. When, when we allow autonomous vehicle outside in the infrastructure, if they are going to be fully autonomous, we need to take a stand on how they should relate to non-autonomous vehicles. But we have this scale where we have autonomy level one up to full autonomy level five. And uh, I mean, the levels two and three, uh, we, we are already there. Some, some passenger cars are already capable of driving themselves, but you need to keep a hand on the steering wheel. So, so what you're saying, if that uh, we, for instance, would uh, uh, would uh, introduce uh, autonomous uh, vehicles in uh, personal households, we have to take all of them at once, and then it would work. I don't think that there will be a big bang solution to this because if you look at the heavy heavy transports, if you buy a truck in Sweden today 
as a haulage company, you will own that truck for maybe five to eight years, depending on how you use it. Then you are not going to scrap that truck. That truck is going to be sold somewhere, probably not in Sweden. It will be sold in some other country and then it might be resold even once more. So a truck that's being purchased in February 2021 will still exist probably somewhere in February 2041 on our planet. So so even though in 2041 we will have autonomous trucks, cars, whatever is able to be automated will be at 2041 and there will be vehicles on the roads, of course, but there will still be vehicles who are not automated mm. at the same time uh, because we might end up in a 60-40 solution instead of a 90-10 where 90% is automated and 10% is not. And that's a very complex for policymakers. That will be really complex because where should you draw the line? Where should it be okay to drive without uh, AI assistance? And that's yeah, a yeah. difficult issue. Mm-hmm. What what about what about uh, shipping and aviation? Uh, I I feel that maybe uh, talking about uh, future development of uh, decarbonization and automation. Uh, the shipping industry is lagging behind and, and, and electric aviation seems so far away. Not my field, uh, none of those. But, but when you see that shipping actually has always been uh, at the forefront when it comes to engine technology, when it, when it comes to combustion engines at least, because uh, uh, an engine on a, a vessel is very big. You don't have to cram it down to fit inside a moving vehicle on the road or in the air. So when you have a big engine, you are also able to make uh, prototypes much easier. You can test things much easier. So the shipping industry was very early when it came to catalytic um, reduction of emissions, for instance. They were uh, earlier than than what we saw on the, on the heavy vehicle side, for instance. So um, when it comes to certain types of innovations, we see them ahead when it comes to the maritime industry. But then when it comes to to, um, having autonomous, for instance, ships or autonomous uh, aircraft, yeah, we might see that. And there are always uh, sort of grades to this and and nuances where we have the ability to have assisted both both ships and, and aircraft today. So removing the human might not be that difficult in the near future. But if we look at the ratio of the personnel costs uh, related to the payload that these uh, or or the utility that these vehicles produce, so yeah, I don't know the bit how big a crew on on one of these triple E vessels. Maybe the crew is like twenty people going from China to Europe, and they carry thousands of containers. So if you remove those twenty people. If you look at it per kilogram that they or per ton they are transporting, it's almost not measurable that cost. But when it comes to the cost of a truck driver compared to the amount of tons that truck driver is transporting, it's a third of the cost. Hi, this is Nina from Nordic Innovation. Through the Smart Mobility and Connectivity Program, Nordic Innovation has supported many Nordic mobility projects involving transport of people and goods in the air, on land and sea. 
Decarbonizing and reducing the negative effects of today's mobility systems are core ambitions for these projects. A little, little shift here now, uh, Per Olof. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges for the Nordics when it comes to mobility in the next few years? To go digital. You, you, yeah. Go digital. Yeah, to go di- to go digital and to leverage the digital infrastructure. That, that that I think is the that's the key to automation. It's the key to electrification. You you cannot be profitable if you just go electric and try to. Everyone who owns an electric car knows this. You you cannot treat an electric car like you would your old gasoline or diesel car. The gasoline car and the diesel car, you can go for quite a long time before without filling up and you will fill it up in 10 minutes. An electric car takes time to fill up, but it's very cheap to do it if you do it in the right way. So you need to plan and you need to plan differently. And when it comes to commercial transports, and if you want to electrify those, you absolutely must have a digital decision support. Otherwise, you would not be able to be profitable. Could you, if possible, give me a summary of how the need for and thus also the demand for uh, moving of goods and uh, people have changed over, say, the last 10-15 years? What we see is an increase in urbanization, and the Scandinavian countries are way ahead of the curve there, mostly, which means that a lot of people are moving towards Uh, the larger cities Be- to get jobs and to to um, improve their quality of life maybe or for different reasons but the urbanization rate is really high what i do see now is uh, and i've seen some small signs and i read some uh, interviews about this also that during covid now when we have learned how to work remotely more and more people are questioning the logic in living in central Stockholm, for instance, and paying these very, very high uh, rents or very high prices for very small flats even, uh, when they can buy a whole house for that amount in the countryside. So a lot of people are now moving away from the cities. The only thing they would need is uh, fast internet and they could still work. So we are seeing more and more people doing that now. So I think that this will be sort of a backlash towards the urbanization, towards a de-urbanization trend. And um, I have no statistics on it, but um, I have a lot of anecdotal evidence from from uh, uh, people I've met, people I've talked to, and interviews I've read that a lot of people are doing this. So maybe there is something to that, that the urbanization might actually go back a bit uh, in the coming years and 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 thus uh increasing the need for uh the transportation of e-commerce goods i would imagine yeah less concentrated in the geography and both sweden and norway large countries where we have a, a, a large countryside low density uh, population areas and if people move from the cities to those areas distribution will of course be more expensive to them and we need to find more creative ways of for instance use information to pool different flows into one bigger flow to consolidate goods 
I, I normally say that if, if you have in a city center, if you have a thousand truck going into the city center at noontime on a, on a weekday, none of them knows what the other 999 trucks are doing. All of them are waiting for each other and none of them are full, fully loaded. And let's say that you would observe these 1000 trucks for one hour. You will find if you have that uh, ability to watch them closely, all of them, you will find hundreds of possible uh, consolidation opportunities lost because they don't know that they have a truck going the same way with goods to the same street at the same time and both of you are half full. One truck would have been enough. So um, when we create a digital visibility in the systems and create also business models that enable transport companies to collaborate without losing their business, without losing their customers, and hopefully to increase their uh, profit margins as well, then we will have um, a transportation system that's ready to take on the future. And even though I, I had an example of a city center, you could just as well have the same example uh, with transport to the countryside, where the penalty cost of going two trucks after one another have full to the same place is even higher than doing the same thing in the city. Because the distances are longer and distance is a very, very heavy cost driver in the transport industry. So there is an even greater need for collaboration when we, when it comes to low density areas. Per Olof Arnes, uh, thank you so much for joining Nordic Innovation Forecast. And me saying this marks the end of this episode. Go to nordicinnovation.org for more information on mobility amongst other topics. Thanks for listening. Thank you.